Dwayne, man, we're back. Yo. It's been a Dude, couple of weeks, been, but it's been, I feel like it's been a month, two months. You're always too busy. Uh, has, it hasn't been that long, but it, it's been, it's been a while. So we are I'm not, back. I'm not bro. as busy as back. you are because I'm not, I'm not the, uh, <laughs> the, the head pastor. I'm just a youth pastor. So I hey, guess man. that's probably you're, what it is. You're still busy too. You still are busy too. <laughs> Sometimes I can't get a hold of you. So, um, no, I'm but, just, uh, I'm just hey. forwarding your call. What? <laughs> Uh, Dwayne, man, do you want to start us off with some prayer? Yeah, dude, let's pray. Let's, let's, let's get into it. Let's, let's dive in. Lord, we come to you right now, God, and we just say, thank you, God. Thank you for opportunities. And thank you for, for us being able to, to come on here and be able just to share our hearts and, 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 and hear, um, and hear people's hearts, God. Um, we pray God that, uh, that as, as people are listening to this podcast, that you open their hearts, that you get their minds focused and, and, and that you just get them ready to, to grow and, and just, uh, and just willing to, to be, to, uh, to open their hearts to be able to um, to receive what we're going to be talking about today, God, and, and 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 as 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 life can be so hard and things keep coming up and and uh, and, and we we try to um, make time for different things, God, I pray, Lord, um, that that we can we can really really learn um, today on, on how to to be productive with our time and 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 how to how to do it effectively and and just uh, just be able to just do everything for you and in an attitude of worship to you, God. Um, we love you. And in your holy and precious name, Jesus, amen. What's going on, gentlemen? Welcome to another Don't Mention It podcast. We are back for another week. We're a podcast all about talking about things that men don't want to mention, uh, difficult conversations, conversations that move us forward to be better men, better husbands, better fathers, better leaders. And I'm here with Dwayne. Man, Dwayne, I'm excited about today. Because we Wait, have got on, a hold on, guest. Hold on, hold okay, on. okay, Dwayne. That's the best intro. You, I mean, you usually go all out <laughs> on these intros. Like Dwayne is like the the the, the uh, God's gift to Earth, and now you made me feel like like just scum. Is it is, is it because like know, we have a better guest a on get- today? Is that <laughs> See, what it is? That's probably is- what it is. Is we forgot to prep the guest about how we do the intro. And so I always feel weird. They're going to be like, man, why are these guys just, you know, over here? Usually what I do with, with our, with our intro, we forgot to mention this is, is man, we start off with like a super encouraging, like Dwayne, this is. It's okay, the, J-Flo, the just, defi- just stop, just stop, <laughs> J-Flo, just stop. Okay. <laughs> guys, as you know, on the other side of the, uh, of the other mic over there, um, in San Antonio, Texas, J-Flo, the one and only, as I always say, the guy that makes the this podcast happened. He's the he's the brains, um, and he's the he's the heart. I'm just the jokes, um, and I, I, I just try to bring true, a little bit of ahead. laughter and a little bit of uh, life to this podcast. <laughs> and and, uh, and and I, I guess I'm giving my own intro. So, uh, but I, as as you guys know, um, <laughs> as you guys know, um, J Flow is is just flat out just incredible. And uh, and and yeah, I'm the comic relief. So let's get this thing started, J Flow. <laughs> so um, we have a guest, you, and and I'm this one. I am going to give him uh, what you know the 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 intro that he's due. Okay, so I'm sorry, Dwayne. Uh, I fell a little okay. flat there, but we've got a guest, and I'm I'm excited to have him here. Uh, Dwayne met him at a a conference. 
um, uh, recently. And man, he's been telling me about him uh, now for a while. And so I've been so excited. Uh, we have Jeremy Brown with us. And so he's the founder of Throne Publishing. Uh, and so uh, this this company has published more than 400 books. Uh, he's authored and written uh, almost uh, 20 books. And so uh, we're really excited to, to have him dive into his story. Um, he's uh, He leads a, a robust uh, leadership team in three different states. Um, this is this is a big deal. Leads a robust leadership team in three different states. And their mission is really to empower people to tell their stories. And so uh, we are excited to have him to talk a little bit about how he does that. Uh, you guys know that we have been focusing in on leadership uh, and and how to become more effective leaders. And so uh, what better way to, to do that than to have uh, an individual who has that leadership experience, uh, who's an entrepreneur, has been in the business world, uh, has uh, over 13 years of publishing experience. And so uh, being able to have you on, Jeremy, is just such an honor uh, and, and be able to, to talk to you uh, about your experience and, uh, and just how you've gotten to where you're at uh, and how we can learn to, to become better leaders, uh, more effective in our leadership and pouring into the lives of others. So man, I just want to say thank you for being on and it's such such a privilege to have you hey that was a great intro i'm really excited about that i mean <laughs> record that and use that thank you guys Dwayne, jflow i really appreciate you guys letting me come on i'm, I'm honored to be here and i'm ready to to dive in and uh let's talk about the stuff men dudes don't want to talk about we yeah yeah it. we don't want to be mention it before we start Dwayne. Go ahead, man. You got to crack open the Mountain right, Dew. There we go. There we go. Let's get this, this started. This is our ritual right here. <laughs> All right. Now, now, now I'm ready. Now I'm ready. <laughs> uh, well, Jeremy, let's, let's start off here. Um, let's talk a little bit about your background, um, a little bit about your story and, and kind of how you, you came to we know We know you're a believer. And so how you kind of came to know who Christ is. Uh, so maybe some of the the story, you know, beforehand, right, and and uh, some of the success that you had in business, uh, and then uh, how God changed and transformed your life, and then how that's impacted your leadership uh, today. So if you don't mind, just kind of diving into your story, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, well, I really, I really again appreciate being on here, guys, and I like what you're up to because dudes need to be talking, and we need to be rubbing shoulders. We need to be vulnerably sharing with each other and being okay with that. And when we don't do that, I noticed that in my own life, when I'm not having that time, something is just off. It's like with my sons at home, if they're just throwing a fit, I could, we could try to figure out what's going on, but really they just want my attention. And if I just give them that attention for a little bit, right? Y'all know that you give them that attention, they're going to be good. It could be five minutes. And so here's where kind of my story starts. I'm born and raised in South Dakota. I'm a South Dakota boy, probably always will be. Um, but I grew up in a town of about 1,200 people. And I was kind of one of those kids that was either going to do something great or go to prison. And um, I was kind of going down that whole one foot in, one foot out uh, of a jail cell moment. That's where I was kind of heading. And I had my son born, Jordan, who's 17 now. He was born when I was 19 years old. And I remember holding him thinking like, man, if, if God loves me even a little bit, the way I feel about this kid, there is something to this whole deal. And, but that was about all I thought about it. And then I kind of went off in my, in my life. And I think 
I started to do what we all do as men that maybe we don't realize, which is I needed a source of identity. I didn't know what it meant to be a man, and I didn't know that I didn't know that. So I went to the culture, and I read magazines, listened to, to stuff, uh, movies, whatever I did, Entrepreneur Magazine, Inc. 500, and I equated my manhood to money, women, and business. And so that's what I went out to pursue. I thought in my, in my heart, I want to be the best man I can be for my son, and that's what I thought it meant to be a man. So that's what I went to pursue. And I wasn't really good at it, pursuing that, but that was my definition. And so I was, uh, I started to, uh, I, I took my son to daycare for the first time. And I, as a, as a, I was 20 at that time. And I thought, well, I don't want to take him to daycare anymore. Didn't have a plan. Didn't know what it meant to start a business, but I thought I'm going to start a business. I'll be his daycare. I'll quit my job. I did it that day. And, um, that was kind of the last job I had rash act really <laughs> was not wise. I do not encourage anybody to do it, but that's what I did. And guys, I was so ignorant when I started my first business that I, I it was an epiphany to me to be like, oh, if um, if you want to make money, you better sell something. So I need to have something to sell. That was an epiphany to me. So I found wow. healthcare products and I started cold calling chiropractors out of a Dex phone book. And I would just check off all their names all the way down. And one of the gentlemen that I met at that point in time became a relationship I still have to this day. And he eventually introduced me to my wife. Um but so there's where I'm at. Then I grow and I, I start a sales consulting company. I write my first book. I do it in kind of this unique way that we didn't really, I didn't know was unique, but I was solving my own problem because I wanted to write a book, but I couldn't write. And so I, I created it in, and I spoke my book out essentially and got it done pretty quickly. That made my business grow. <clears throat> People started to ask me, hey, how did you do that? And, and then, the, and I told them like, here, I, I just kind of did this little system that I made for myself to write a book. And cause this was in 07. And they said, would you do that for us? And I thought, oh, this would be great. This would be a great business for my 20s. And I'll get to interview successful people because I interview somebody, we write it, and the book gets done from the interview. Gotcha. So I got to interview all these people. And that's where I got the – I've interviewed over 500 people uh, with the interview lasting eight hours or longer, one of the best ways I've ever wow. learned anything. So I thought, I'll just make this a great – because I couldn't go to college, didn't have the money. And so I thought I'll, I'll make this a business I'll learn from. So fast forward, we have a we have a business. I, I brought on a partner out in San Diego, California. We had an office in San Diego, uh, Tempe, Arizona, New York, and South Dakota. And that's when I had my first mentor ever come into my life. And he was like, you know what you're telling me? It sounds a little fishy. I think you should get the books for the business. See what's going on financially. And I didn't know why I wasn't paying him or anything, but he took the time to come into my life and kind of poke at me a little bit, even when I, though I had a huge ego, didn't want to hear any of that. And um, we come to find out the partner was embezzling money from us, a lot of money. And so I lost the business, lost all the money. And then the girl I was marrying dumped me and I couldn't get her back. And that was like the break point for me of like, I don't just... I'm not just bad at business. I'm kind of bad at life. So what do I do? And even though I'd been going to a Lutheran church my whole life, this is for the dudes out there who are dragging maybe your kids to, to church or whatever. I'd gone to church my whole life. I felt like nothing. It didn't do anything for me. I did not like Christian people. I did not like them. And, uh, but I knew I need to figure this out. I'm going to go to a church. So I found a church. They had six services a week. I went to every service every week for almost a year. 
And then I read out of this book that I was sharing with you guys, Father by God by John Eldridge. I read the piece of scripture that really brought me to the Lord in a way that I didn't understand what's happening. But it said Exodus 15, 3, the Lord is a warrior. And I had never heard that before. The only images of Jesus I had ever saw were this dude with babies and lambs and stuff turning the other cheek until they finally just killed the guy. That's what I thought about him. Okay, it's not true. That was my perception. And so when I heard the Lord is a warrior, that's when I said, okay, I'm going to do the bare minimum I need to do to pay my bills. I can do that in like 10, 15 hours a week. I'm single. I got one kid. That's it. And I said, every spare second I have is going to be dedicated to knowing who you are, why you made me and what you want to do with me. And I'm not going to stop mm. until you wow. either tell me to stop asking or answer. And I, that was just like my prayer to the Lord. I'm like, you got all of it. And <clears throat> that's what I did, guys, for a good year. And I started to mentor all kinds of young men because I would literally just do whatever God would. I felt like he was telling me to do in my crazy, you know, my baby Christian walk there. Multiple churches thought people thought that I worked there because I was there so often. And I'll tell you the story when I knew I got changed. Okay, because I'm I'm about six minutes into this. Here's when I knew that something had happened to me that I didn't even ask for. So I know that God changes changes us in ways we don't even ask for. I'd just been getting in the word, praying, because I didn't know anything else. And I was at a client's office, and my whole dream in publishing was I want to have a big, huge billion dollar CEO. We're going to fly all over in his jets and we're going to launch his, his or her book and do that, right? So I'm into the office with him and he goes, you know, I have seven jets and we could fly all over doing this book. And he basically asked me to do that. My whole dream right what? there. Mm. And I was like, okay, great. Let me just think about how I can make that happen. And then in the parking lot, I got a call from a dude that I had been mentoring and he was addicted to gambling. And he had gone off the track. So I don't hear from him for a couple weeks. Something's going on. Like he went on a binger. He calls me back and he goes, Jeremy, I'm back. I'm at my grandma's. She's got my checkbook. What do I need to do to get back on track? And I was more excited about that phone call than I was about the meeting that I went into. Wow. And that's when I knew what the heck has happened to me. Because I would have not, guys, I would have not asked if Jesus came before me, said, I'll make you. What you, I would have not asked to be that way. I didn't want to get married, didn't value relationships, didn't want to have a wife. Why would I want to be tied down to one woman forever? I thought having a baby with a woman I wasn't married with was actually kind of a good deal. I got, I was like extended daycare is how I saw it. Because I saw the big figures out there with seven, eight, nine kids by five, six different women. And I'm like, that's kind of cool. It's a, I can do whatever I want when I don't have them. That was my mindset all about me. And so that's when I knew God has changed me in ways and I did not ask to be this way. And so that set me on a whole new path in my life. Okay. So now I got four sons. I have a wife that's absolutely incredible. We can get into that later, but that's kind of the summary version of, of my, my story here. Wow. That, that is, man, that is such uh, an, an incredible story. And I think I, I appreciate you talking about this because the, Dwayne and I, we, our background, right? The way that we were raised and everything. I mean, we, we grew up in church. We were uh, PKs. My dad is a pastor. My grandfather was a pastor. And so sometimes we can get insulated in this culture where we see certain mm-hmm. things. And for, for better or worse, we follow a certain trajectory really because of the fact that culturally that's what we kind of grew up around, right? Mm-hmm. And so I would say Dwayne and I, you know, the way that we, that we grew up and the things that we did, the way that we were involved in certain things, um, 
you know, we had our, and Dwayne and I, you know, we've known each other for over 10 years now, and we had our highs and our lows in times where we were really off the rails and doing things. And there were some really low lows. There were some low lows. <laughs> but in the midst of all of that, there was this sort of this sense of like, hey, this is how we're supposed to act and sort of behave and the things that we stay away from just because this is how we grew up. Not because we had a great relationship with the Lord, but just because that's how we grew up. So hearing what you're saying and the perspective that you had is just, to me, is so incredible because it, it there's a lot of guys, I think, that maybe tune in. And when they hear our story, they're like, man, I can't relate to you. I didn't grow up in that. I, I, don't, I don't know what you're talking about. To be able to hear your story and kind of how God brought you through all of that and then that internal change. And, and that's what we're really looking for as, as leaders and as men is where is that point of change in our life, you know? And, and mm. where, what is that, that aha moment of, you know, God just did something and, and he's working in a way that's actually transforming and changing and conforming into the image of Christ, right? And so mm. when I hear your story, that's really what I, I think of is just a man who uh, has, really allowed Christ to conform him into, into his image. And, and I think that's such a beautiful, beautiful thing, man. Mm. Um, go, go ahead, Dwayne. No, okay. No, no, well, what I was going to say was, was the main thing that I got out of that whole, that whole thing was that uh, I was trying to figure out what a phone book is. Um, <laughs> right? I'm, just, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh, no, guys, but- get this. Here, here's the deal. Take it further. That's when you had to pay by the minute before like 5 o'clock on your cell phone. <laughs> So I'm cold calling chiropractors. I'm going to town oh, for bill for like 350 bucks because I sold so much. So that is crazy. Broker than broke. It was ridiculous. Yeah. Those no, that, that, yeah, dude, that, 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 that is, that is crazy. You know, I, I heard you say that and I was like, I was like, man, I hadn't seen a phone book in forever. Right. But, uh, <laughs> but no, the, 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 the main thing or the real thing I got, I got out was, you know, I, it, it's crazy how, 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 when we, we think we have plans for our lives and we, we're, we're focused mm-hmm. on it and we are like, oh, yeah, this is what's going to happen. This is the best thing for me and this and this and this. And even if even if it's like like w- whether whether it's 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 godly or not godly and and uh, you know, you you have this plan and, uh, and and God's plan for us is just so much bigger, so much better. Mm-hmm. And, and, yeah. and, and and it's it's just it's, it's crazy to, to, to see how how your heart changed like that. I think that that's that's incredible. Really is. What, I, what I appreciated about this whole deal is, and so I think this is a word for all the men out there who are like going, my life's a mess or something's going on and I don't know how to fix it or change it. We get to like seek out all of the wisdom we need to get. You go to your pastor, you go to your counselor, you go to your mentor, your, your dudes, whoever that is. But then as long as we're in prayer and we're in the word, God knows what we need. He will change mm-hmm. us in ways we don't even know what to ask for. And so yeah. for me, trusting him in that, and because I remember guys reading this book and he talked about being fathered and it was like somebody was speaking to me in, in, in another language. I just couldn't even grasp it. That's how much I rejected and resisted kind of anybody speaking into my life or even trusted anybody to do so. So when I, when I go ahead, J-Flo. Well, I was going to ask you a question. This is just something that popped in my mind. I don't know if, I mean, if you feel comfortable talking about this, but did you grow up with a father or what was your relationship like with a father? And I, I asked that question because sometimes I know we have guys who, who didn't grow up. And, and so when we think of God as a father, it's really difficult to grasp yeah. that when we don't have a good earthly father. Um, I don't know if, the, if that was your case or if it was, it was a little bit different, um, but I just thought I'd, yeah. I'd ask. Yeah, I appreciate that. I mean, so I, my dad was always around. So my dad was a trucker. So I'm super proud of him. 
He's been trucking now for 60 years, over 6 million miles, zero citations in 60 oh, years. Wow. So <laughs> there you go. Um, that course is in my veins. So wow. I love him to death, and I know he loves me. I've never doubted that a moment in my life. But as a young man, my dad was on the road a lot. And so yeah. my interpretation of that, it wasn't the truth, but my interpretation of that is I know they love me, but I'm going to need to do this all on my own. I got to figure this all out. And I've done the work I need to do internally to go to the very moment in my life where I kind of realized that. So that's not my dad loves me. He does. But um, and, and, I, and I, I love him right back. But my interpretation of that was just like I yeah. saw God. Yeah, he probably loves me, but he's not going to do anything for me. So what is that even what is that? It's not even relevant for me. So I appreciate that, but not going to do anything for me. I got to figure this out on my own. Got you. And, and I've got a, I've got a similar story. You know, my dad was was in uh, was a pastor Well, he worked for a, a missions organization when I was younger and he traveled a lot. Dad loved me, cared for me. But a lot of uh, the stuff that I had to deal with kind of in my adulthood uh, was really realizing some of the exact same things that you're talking about. You know, uh, this idea that I had to do things on my own came from, you know, just having grown up a lot of times without my dad and he'd be gone sometimes two, three weeks out of the month. Uh, you know, traveling and, and missions and stuff. So yeah, that's really interesting. And I think, you know, some of those those ways that we view God are shaped by the ways that we sometimes view our earthly father as well. For sure. Yeah, I think it's a mirror. And I'm, I'm always thinking about that with my boys too, of <clears throat> even though I'm, I'm running late today, I'm, I'm trying to get out of the house. I'm running late. They're going nuts. And my wife helps me realize like just to calm, my, calm myself before I leave. And if I can just give them a little bit of time, a little bit of focus, they're going to be like, okay, I'm good for the rest of the day, Dad. Just get out of here now. You can go. But I think <laughs> us knowing our our kids are going to see God the way that we that we're mirrors to them, and we don't have to have all that as so much pressure on ourselves. But even just so that they feel heard, they feel loved, and they know that we're paying attention to them, and we're able and we're willing to step in when they need it. That's the kind of the image, you know. I'm trying to give my boys at the age they're at. So you know. Men need different things at different stages. I have a 17-year-old, and I also have three who are three, three and under. And so they need very different things. Whereas my my little boys, they need to feel loved. They need to feel safe. Because if they feel loved and safe as boys, when they get into teens, where my older son is, they'll be more likely to go out and try their the new things, all the first. First job, first girl, first car, first all those stuff. And if they don't feel loved and safe, they're not going to feel good about going and stepping out on their own and entering what Eldridge calls the cowboy phase, which is they need to they need to work. They're going to be on their own. They're going to be doing stuff. They're going to be kind of lone rangers maybe for a little bit. Um, but they got to feel loved and safe to really be able to step into that well. And so that's kind of where we're balancing as as parents in our home is <clears throat> the two dynamics of, of two different sets of kids in two totally different places, which is fun. That is that is really that is really interesting, and, and I, I love that that kind of concept of the uh, you know the different stages, right? What the men need in different stages of their life, and, and I, I kind of want to talk a little bit about something that that you realized as you were reading that book. You mentioned uh, you got to a, a section talking about God as a warrior, right? And and I feel like that's something that you really needed maybe in that season of your life is to see God as a warrior. Um, and can you could talk a little bit about that and that concept of, of God as a warrior and, and how that kind of changed and shaped the trajectory of the, the rest of your life and, 
um, and, and kind of how that got you to where you're, you're at today? Yeah, yeah, it's a great question because I think God meets us where we're at in, in every way all day. But where I needed to be met at that point in time was I didn't want to hear about the lover, the king. I didn't want to hear about compassion, empathy. All that is there, right? I just, it wasn't getting to me at that point. I felt like I needed to fight to get my life back. And, you know, at different times as men, we need to learn how to fight, who we're fighting, and what's worth fighting for. Because all things that are beautiful and noble and true require a fight at some point in time. Our marriages, always, we're, we're a, we got to be warring in our marriages uh, against the enemy, against the culture that's always attacking those things. And so that he met me there, and it was the gateway for me to be like, I want to know about you. And really, it just caused me to open my heart up to him. Because I'm like, I, all of us want this, guys. We want to know. I, my mindset was, if you just tell me what to do, I'll do it. I don't know what it means to be a man. I desperately want to know. I started interviewing all kinds of dudes, well over 100 guys, because I was just like, what do you do when you wake up in the morning? What do you do right before you go to bed? How do you manage money? How do you have a wife? Those kind of things. Because I was like, I don't know how to do this. And so that's just where he met me. And then he exposed his whole, you know, he keeps, that's our walk, right? Keeping to know more and more and more about him and drawing closer and, and having that intimacy. But now, because I had that experience of if I just seek him out, now I do that all throughout my day, every day. I don't do it perfectly. I don't hear perfectly, but I'm constantly checking it. And I start my day off. I come into this office and I do prayer. I do worship. I read a chapter of Proverbs with my son every day before I leave, even though they don't really understand it. I'm putting it in there so they, they're hearing the words. And I think it just caused my lifestyle to be like, I need to check in. I got to do everything that I need to do in my role in this whole deal, whatever it is. And then I need to rely on God to do only the things that he can do and everything, all the stuff that I can't even understand. And so it makes sense for me logically from just a practical standpoint to be like, well, if the Holy Spirit, if the, the Trinity is this, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and their promise is this, it makes sense for me to say, okay, let me constantly check in with you. And even if I start going on the path I'm not supposed to, I'll get a checkpoint. You know, they'll check in. Uh, something won't work. A door will shut. Whatever that looks like, right? So I think that's, that's the biggest thing that it changed my trajectory in my life is just that constant check-in and reliance on this guy sees, he knows me, he's good, and he sees the whole picture that I don't get which is such a, a relief. Yeah, man, I, I love that. And I think that that's, that's a, you know, again, we, we've kind of talked about this a couple of times, but those, those uh, life-changing moments, right? Those, those kind of aha moments in, in our life. And I think, you know, you kind of explaining that is, is great because it shows how sometimes those things that we, we don't realize are very practical changes in our lives, right? Like the, that something can switch and, and God can make a change. And then it actually has very practical implications. It's not just a spiritual right. thing, but it actually practically changed the things that you do on a day-to-day -day basis, the way that you treat your wife, the way that you treat your children, the, the, the way that you structure your day. And I think all of those things uh, really help lead us towards a more productive life, right? Uh, yeah. Those those systems, and, and we talk about, uh, we've talked about here on the podcast, but one of the things I talk a lot about with our, our church is our rhythms and routines. 
And so I, I constantly go back every several months and we'll, we'll kind of um, talk a little bit about rhythms and routines and, and, you know, some people call them spiritual disciplines or, or practicing the way or different things like that, right, of, of rhythms and routines that we've got in our lives that allow us and set us up for a deeper connection with God. But uh, on a very practical level, um, carrying out what God has called us to do uh, and doing it effectively and efficiently. Uh, and and I'd, I'd love to kind of transition our conversation maybe over to that and talk a little bit about um, what are some some things that you've done in your life to to be able to accomplish the things that you've done and maybe some times where that's been a success and times where that's failed and, and things that you've learned, uh, you know, kind of along the way in the processes that you've you've been using. Yeah, I think that when it comes to to getting the subject of getting things done, I think there's like a strategic viewpoint and then there's a very tactical day to day one. So like the strategic one is. When we see a big thing, a mountain we want to climb, we won't tend to want to climb it really quickly all at once. Mm. And that doesn't always work out because the biggest mountains, the best ones that, that the, the view is the best on the top, they require a lot of time and they usually require us to become a different person in the process. So I look at it, we have, a, we have these things at Throne that we call convictions. Um, uh, values tell you what's important. Convictions are, tell you what we sacrifice for. And one of them is 1% improvement on a day-to-day basis. And we just say, okay, we just need to get 1% better every single day. And so that's the overarching view when I take of getting things done. I don't need to put a lot of pressure on myself. If I get 1% better every single day for 100 days, I've gotten 100% better. 100% right? better. Yeah, that's and good. I learned this from my, when I dated my wife. I, was, I got introduced to my wife, and I thought there's just absolutely no way. But I remember a decision point after like date number two where I was like, this girl's going to mess me up. So I need to go all in or get out now. And so I just said, here's what I'm going to do. I can't fathom this woman staying with me, but here's what I can do. Every time when I drop her off, when I pick her up the next time, I'm going to be 1% better man. And that's what I wrap my mind around. That's all I focused on. And then, you know, the story is we were engaged, I don't know, six months or something like that. Married, we were on our honeymoon on our one day anniversary or one year anniversary. And so that's my thought process of that is I don't need to get all better every day. I don't need to be perfect every day. Crazy stuff's going to happen every day. Businesses, ministries, especially they're problem solving machines. So there's going to be a bunch of problems. Mm -hmm. And so I look at it 1%. And then one of the things I make sure I do every day is there's always a big long list of stuff we got to get done. But I'm really intentional about how I begin something. Beginnings matter. As I looked at people's stories, all those hundreds of people, beginnings matter. How I start my day matters. How I start my work day matters. It ripples throughout the whole rest of the day. And then I need to know what are my top three and all the things I got to get done. I got to figure out what are my three most important things. So if I only get those three things done, it's still a successful day. I still got 1% better. And when I know I got those three, those three things tackled, then I get the rest of the task list done, and then I have an intentional finishing to my day. So we call that our burn, our burn process. Um, I'm not going to get into that, but my intentional finish is how am I going to conclude today so today doesn't bleed into tomorrow and my week becomes a big blur. It could be in as, as intentional as I'm shutting my computer off and I'm leaving it here. I'm going home. I'm dusting the I'm dusting the dust off of my sandals before I go into my home so I don't drag in all the stress here at home. There's an intentional ending point too. And so <clears throat> that's kind of my thought process around that guys. But it's a it's a, a never ending improvement when it comes to that. 
And I think that's what we got to understand as dudes is it's really easier for me to look at, man, J Flo's really got to put together. Look at that mic. It's so cool. Dwayne looks so hip. I couldn't even, his beard's like perfect. <laughs> Those guys are just ballers. They just get it done. I don't overhear. You know, we can so easily compare, but I remember a mentor once I was getting ready to give a speech and I'm like, I'm so nervous. I don't want to give this speech. I'm worried about what people are going to think about me. And he said, well, think about it this way. They're, you're going to be worried about what they're thinking about you and they're worried about what you're thinking about them. So mm. just know that that exists for everybody and just be okay with it. And so I don't, I try to avoid the comparison of what other people are getting done. Their story is not my story. My calling is not their calling and vice versa. I'm right where I need to be right now. And I'm constantly checking in on that to make sure I'm there. And if there's a needs to be a correction point, that'll happen. So, but when, when I am in my day-to-day-ness, the stuff is going down, I'm in, I'm, I see it as war. And I will get in the fog of war at some point today where I'm going to be like, man, maybe I should take a rest. Things got to change or what, whatever that might look like. Maybe today will be a phenomenal day. Maybe I won't have that till tomorrow. But I just kind of take those thoughts and I set them aside going, maybe we do need to take a break at some point, but not today. Okay, so mm. that's there. I don't need to get into the big questions of life. That's just the battle of the day. I can let I can notice that and set it aside and just keep keep going. I got to at least get those top three. You know what I mean? So that's kind of how I look at my my day. That's that is that is incredible. And I'm I'm like kind of digesting all of what you're saying because I'm like I'm trying to keep it all in here. I'm like, okay, all right. I'm over here taking notes. Like, you know. Well, I'll tell you really quick. So it's the process is yeah, go ahead, J Flow. No, I was just gonna say I love this kind of stuff of dissecting the very practical application, right? Of of what do we what do we do and how do we do that? So yeah, what were we gonna say? Well, I look at it, we call it the burn process over here. And the idea is if I throw a bunch of materials into a fire, only the things of lasting value withstand the flames. I'm going to have diamonds, gold, and steel. And so I do that with my day. I do that with people's stories. We do it with content. We throw materials into a fire so that the things of lasting value will emerge. Diamonds that display beauty and testimony, steel that gives strength, gold that is valuable to other people. So I'm looking for the essentials of my day that I need to do to be like, okay, I got 1% better. And I got my big three done and I'm, I'm going to let, I'm going to burn some other stuff. So there's a refining piece where I'm looking at my task list going, can I give this to somebody else? Can I get it off my plate? Should I even have it on my plate to begin with? And that Mm -hmm. there's the 1%. I just give a little quick glance. I don't need to make any big changes. It's just 1% tiny little things of like, yeah, I made these, I, I scheduled this meeting today. I didn't really need to do that. Why did I schedule that meeting? What's underneath that? Did I feel like I need to have my calendar full? Was it's, I? It wasn't. It wasn't this meeting, was it? No, no. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> my top three today, dude. This is my top three. Yeah. Okay? There we go. This yes. is it. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's how I look at it. And I think we we gotta we want to have high expectations. We want to give ourselves grace on days, but also we want to be like, okay, we're providers. We're the protectors. We're men. We're going to get things done. And mastery happens 1% at a time over a long period of time. And that's what we really want to go after. Awesome. Awesome. Awesome, man. I love that. Um, 
So I, I have I have so many questions uh, just in regards to to all of that and kind of processes. Um, but I want to touch a little bit on what you were talking about with uh, kind of the morning or the the day starting well. And, and the reason I'm asking is because this week has been really interesting. I um, I had a uh, my wife is out of out of the country right now uh, with my daughter. They went to go visit uh, my in laws who live in Colombia, and wow. um, and so she she left. And usually, you know, I'm because my daughter wakes up at around six and, you know, we kind of have a whole structure and a routine that we, we go through every morning as far as getting her, you know, the, my daughter dressed, my daughter's uh, a year and a half. And so, you know, we get her out of the crib, change her, you know, make the bed, do all this stuff. So we have this whole system. Well, since she's been gone, um, I mean, like, I don't, I think the the bed has been made like maybe twice in in the, the last week that she's been gone. Like my whole, my whole routine has been all out of whack. And, and it's interesting because when you were saying that, it just kind of, it was one of those things that, you know, you kind of know this, right? You, if you read any kind of leadership book, you, you, you hear about the morning routines and, and all these kinds of things, but you don't really start to see it until like, you know, you're, you're actually in the midst of you've, you've been doing the routine and now I've been shaken out of the routine. And this week I've been yeah. like, you know, as I, my drive in, I was, I was driving in, I was like, I had four projects that I really wanted to knock out this, this a week and a half that my wife was gone. I haven't gotten, I've gotten two of them kind of completed, but I was like, there's no reason why I couldn't. And, and a part of it is just the kind of the setting the, the, the stage at the, at the beginning of the day and, and that trickling down to the rest of the things that you've got to get done. Um, and so I, I think that's such an important part of, of our lives as leaders is, you know, how do we start our day? Um, and, and what are the things that we do? And those really set up uh, the rest of our day for, for success. And, and, uh, and I love this idea of the 1%, man. I love that. I've never uh, heard that before. And so I think that that is such a manageable thing because yes. many times we want to, to grab a whole bunch of stuff. Um, and as a pastor, I know there's, there's tons and tons of things that I want to get done. Um, there's just not enough hours in the day to do them, right? Yeah. And uh, I, I had a mentor of mine tell me one time, um, when I when I first started pastoring, uh, he sat down and he said, "How long do you do you want to be at Life Church?" Um, and that's the name of the church that 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 I I'm here at in San Antonio. And um, I said, "Well, you know, I, more than ten years." He, and he was like, "Okay." He said, "Well, then don't think that you have to get everything done that first year." And I had, was probably about two months into my pastor role here at the church. And to me, that was liberating and freeing because it was like, you know, as a young pastor, you think you've got to hit the ground running hard and you've got to get everything done. Uh, And and this was one of those eye opening moments where it was like, hey, if I'm in it for the long haul, which I am, then, you know, I I follow what God is, 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 you know, his timing and what he wants and we'll get the things done, you know, when they, when, when the time is right for them to get done. And it doesn't have to all be in that first year. So, and this 1% rule is, is really a a very practical way of living that out. You know, what are the top three things on my list? What are the, the, the 1% uh, that, that, you know, I can improve on every single day. So I'm, I'm excited to, to begin to implement that in, in my own life, man, that's going to be really good. So I have a question. Okay, so so do you do you have like a a limit on tasks that 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 you give yourself every day, or is it? I I, I mean, I guess we're really kind of starting to get into into time management and and productivity here because um like I you know just kind of that 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 mindset here and yeah. so and so. I, I, even with starting in, in the beginning of the day, like you know the, the way you start your mornings and things like that. So like I. Ha- 
I've been wanting to do this. So this past couple of weeks, and I've been working on it, trying my hardest, right? So I wake up at 4.30 in the morning. At 5 o'clock, I go work out. Uh, I'm done about 6.30-ish. And I, I, I um, and then by the time I get here, it's, it's 8 o'clock. So, but from 8 to 9, right, I'm supposed to be like just seeking God, praying, you know, doing a quiet time, just trying to have that time just to just away from everything. Nine to 10 is like a, Hey, like a podcast. It doesn't matter what podcast it is, but a growing something for me to grow. Even, I mean, even, even if it's like fantasy football, it's just like something for me just to, just to kind of, you know, just get the day started, get things moving, but I haven't been able to accomplish it. It's like something always comes up to where I'm like, Oh, well, I gotta, I, I just have to push that to the side. So how do you, I mean, is it just like saying, Hey, I can't do, I mean, like, I don't know. I guess, I guess my mind's kind of, I'm, I'm just like, how do I make that how happen? That? Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, my first thought goes, so you guys are both in ministry. I think ministry is the hardest work in the world. Like you guys have a big machine full of broken people on your staff and not in your congregation. And yeah. you're trying to get a lot of things done, move a big operation forward while prioritizing relationships and hearing from the Lord all at the same time. And then you're dealing with the spiritual warfare of all that. So I really commend you guys when people say, hey, I just really want to get into ministry. I just want to talk about Jesus all day. I'm like, that's not what ministry is. <laughs> uh, you do do that. And it is a beautiful work, but you will, you, will, you will work for it. There is a labor to it. And so, I mean, when I'm hearing you say that, Dwayne, of like, here's what I want to do hour by hour, my mind goes like, I don't think that's going to be you're setting yourself up. If I'm doing that, you're, you're setting yourself up to not win or feel like you're not winning. Because by 10 a.m., you don't got the ball rolling yet on some other stuff or whatever. I don't know what your day looks like, but you have these big chunks of time right on the front end of your day. So I think you either change that or you just acknowledge this is going to be really difficult. So if I think I'm going to come into my office and have X amount of quiet time and then to have some learning podcast time, it's probably not going to happen because somebody's going to knock on the door. Somebody's going to call. Somebody's hair is on fire. That's called the whirlwind of our days. That is 80% of our days, guys, is the whirlwind. Hmm. And there's a book called The Four Disciplines of Execution that talks about that. Great book. Um, but that kind of sums up one of the biggest concepts in there. But I would say, think about it 1% at a time, Dwayne. So if you can't get an hour, start with 15 minutes. And then it'll, you'll, you'll be amazed how that 1% will bleed into other things. So I don't have time to listen, sit down and listen to a whole podcast. But if I'm trying to just get my 1%, I have, I have a, about a two-minute commute to my office. I'll at least get two minutes in. And I'll get two minutes back home. Now I got four minutes. And, I'll, and if I just get the ball rolling, it'll open up other opportunities at lunch here and there. Because here's the thing, there's that whole concept of eat the frog, which is like, eat the frog, do the hardest thing first, get that off your plate. I don't think that really works. There's not a lot of research that proves that that's true. It's a, it's a good concept, but you want to give yourself quick, easy wins to get the ball rolling, give yourself momentum in the day. So some of the things that you know you can knock out that you're really good at that are quick, easy wins for you in the day, do those first. It gives you momentum. Then you're like, bam, got that baby done. Knock that thing out. Build yourself up to tackle some of the bigger things. And just know the day is crazy. 
especially when you guys are in ministry. You never know what's going to happen. You never know what you're going to walk into when you come into your office, to the parking lot. So set yourself up for success by saying, how can I take these this hour time with the Lord, this hour time of learning, two hours, and either acknowledge that's going to be tough. I, you can do it, but you're going to have to create a strategy around how that's going to happen. Or it, so you can give yourself, let, let yourself off the hook a little bit from the pressure of, why can't I do this? Like, I should just be able to do this. That's hard. I'm thinking, dang, dude, like that's pretty, that's pretty hardcore. <laughs> um, yeah. Or just say, how can I 1%? So I'm getting 1% more. I might do 10 minutes. Then before I know it, I'm doing 15. Then by the end of the year, dude, you're going to find that rhythm, like J Flo is talking about, the, that are so critical. The rhythm, the habits, where now you're doing it, you're not even thinking about it. And you found ways to do it of, well, when I'm at the gym, I do this. When I'm on the way home from the gym, you'll find all those 10, 15 minute hits that you didn't see before. That's good. That, man, that's, that's really, really good. good. Yeah. And, you know, I, I was thinking about um, one of the things I think we had talked about, Dwayne, on one of the podcasts was this, uh, this idea of like uh, what I've been practicing and trying to do. And I got this from uh, a pastor in Dallas, Matt Chandler. One of the things that he does is he uh, talks about finding natural transition points right in our day. So prayer during drives and just what are those natural transition points? Um, and one of the things that, that I've been really implementing is that, that idea. But um, I think that kind of falls in line with what you're talking about, about finding those like 15 minutes here and, and, and those sort of building up and accumulating because I've seen when I've been able to do those things, they do have some really positive effects on on our day. But I, I love that idea of the easy wins at the beginning. That yeah. man, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of times, and I think I've tried to tackle really difficult things. So me, I'm, uh, and, and Dwayne knows this, and the audience really knows this too, is that I'm not a, uh, I'm a pastor man, and I, and, and I never imagined that I'd be a pastor. And one of the biggest reasons why I never imagined to be a pastor is because I'm not like the, the most sociable, like people person. That's just not my, my thing, right? I'm not like the guy who's going to be on the phone all the time and connecting. And I'm just like, man, I, you know, it's, it's like, it's a struggle. It's a challenge for me. I'm an introvert. And so, uh, hey, I, I, I would even say, you know, let, just, to, just, to, just to throw this in there real quick. <laughs> J flo has been saying he's going to visit me for <laughs> I, or like a year and a half now. I'm his best friend. I named my son after him. You know what I'm saying? And so like, and so like, and he still has not come to see me. Like that's how introverted this come guy on, is. <laughs> I've got to, I've got to get up there. I have, I've got to get up there. Um, and now you move further. So now it's even harder. Dallas was not that far from San Antonio. Yeah, good luck. Five hour yep. drive. One, one percent at a time. Drive a mile, then go back home. <laughs> exactly. Drive two miles, <laughs> then go back home. See you in about three years. Expectation. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but, um, one of the things that I tried, I was trying to do when I first became a pastor was like make all my phone calls in the morning. And it was like, that was so difficult for me because not only was it like having to pump myself up, like, okay, I'm gonna make this phone call. All right. You know, but it was like, you know, emotionally, and I know Dwayne laughs at that, but it was like an emotionally heavy thing for me, man. Like I could see, I could see you in the office. You're like, okay. I can do this. I can do this. You have music playing in the background. You have Rocky in the background playing. You're like, I got this. I got this. 
Like, you know, for me, like, I'm not joking about this. For me, like, making a phone call is, like, I feel the same way, like, the energy that I have to exert to go to the gym and work out and lift weights. That's, like, how I feel like it's, I feel like it's my emotional weightlifting is making the phone calls and and connecting with the people and all that kind of stuff. And I know that sounds crazy and wild, but, um, but anyway, so, so I tried to do that and I realized that. Uh, when I failed on that, like, man, it was, it, it took another emotional turn because then I started feeling bad about myself. I'm like, man, I, I stink as a pastor. Like, I can't do this. Like, this is horrible. Um, but having the easy wins at the beginning, I think, is a really crucial thing because that kind of gives you the energy that you need to be able to then crush the other stuff, you know, at the, at the end of the day, which in my case would be the, the phone calls, right? So I, I like that. And, and, you know, and trying to figure out how to get to that point, that 1%, 1% better, man, that's, that's really, really cool. So, well, it's good um, that you're recognizing oh, that. Good. good you're recognizing that energy because if you try to do that right away, that it, it doesn't just bog down the hour of calls. You got the build up time, the avoidance time. Mm-hmm. So that's like a yep. half an hour. And then you got the wind down of like, oh my gosh, that's done. That's another hour probably. So I think yeah. that's what is important we don't miss is when we get out of the groove or when we have to shift gears, that requires a bunch of time, even checking this thing really quick actually is like mm-hmm. a 10 minute venture, you know, every yeah. day. So like <clears throat> it's, it's the, there's only a couple of people's numbers who actually ring on this. Otherwise there's no notifications. There's no noises. There's nothing. And because if I do this, I'm, I'm going to be doing this 50 times a day. Mm-hmm. But, and so even there's no <laughs> notifications on my screens or nothing. And I think it's good for you. You're, you're doing right. The right thing there, J flow acknowledging, okay, I don't like doing this. Let me not make it right away because then my whole day becomes about it. Let me yeah. maybe late morning, right before I'm going to take a break, go on lunch, knock these babies yeah. out. I got a good lunch coming for me or I'll go get one, you know, and then I can go into the rest of my day. Yeah. And and I think that's good because then a, there's just a break right after that, right? If we, if, because yeah. I need that, like I need that yeah. decompress. I need to process, man. Okay. That was a lot of like conversation. And, and a part of that is just also, you know, I, I take on a lot of what, what, you know, people are going through. So sometimes those phone calls, man, it's, you know, people going through divorces, it's people's, you know, lost a child. It's, you know, it's uh, getting stuff today. I've got to make a phone call to get ready for a funeral that I'm doing tomorrow. And it's like listening to, to, you know, the stories that, you know, she wasn't a member of our church, but her daughter is. And so it's like listening to the stories from her daughter of, you know, and so all those things you, you take them in and man, just emotionally, it becomes a draining thing. So having like, I like that before lunch or, you know, something like that, or even, you know, towards the end of the day before leaving or something before a, a break becomes really good because it's like, okay, now I can kind of decompress that, that stuff. So. Yeah. So, so how do you do it on the opposite side? Because I'm the complete opposite. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> let's go talk to somebody because then I'll be able to get my job done. And then, you know, and then I'm like, all right, cool. So I'll, I'll call JFlo and he's like, yeah, like what? Like, what do you want? Like, I'm busy, you know, I'm trying to do something. <laughs> and, and I hear Rocky in the background um, because that's him trying to get pumped up, you know? Yeah, right. But, um, but from my perspective, it's the complete opposite. You know, I'm like, okay, like me, me and my pastor, we'll go in there and I'll talk to him for a good hour. And, I, and I'm like, oh, crap, I just wasted so much time. Like, you know, and not complete waste, but like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I just like, man, I, could, I was supposed to do this or I was supposed to do this. And, you know, so, so how, do you, how do you balance it on the other side? You just don't talk to people? Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> just put yourself in a room. Go to, go to talk to J-Flow and he'll be like, 
you know, I remember this young guy coming over. I was mentoring. I'm like, hey, yeah, I can come over to my house. I'm just not going to talk to you because I'm actually getting stuff done. Um, <laughs> no, but I think what you got to do and something to consider is we got to recognize our strengths and our weaknesses. And as much as we can, just try to put them in a, in a particular place. So if you get jazzed up by talking to people, well, how can that be? A, how can you do that? So when you do go have a jam session, it's about something that you have a goal towards that you're working towards. And then you walk away with some talking points. And also, here's the other thing, guys. Here's what we do as introverts or extroverts. Whatever we do, we have to be, pay attention to our avoidance habits of like things of like, I got this thing I need to do. I don't really want to do it. And I have avoidance around it. So I will go talk to people or I won't go talk to anybody or whatever that looks like. Like I'm, I, I do things to avoid and I get to be like, okay. Where can I recognize that? What's underneath that? How do I just move beyond it? Um, but Dwayne, you got a beautiful, strong strength with people. Like I remember meeting you for the first time and I felt like I had known you for a while. I was like, oh, I can trust <laughs> this guy. This guy's a good guy. And so that's your strength. You want to be in that workflow as much as possible, as long as it's getting you a little bit 1% down the road to where you're going. Because it's a that's a gift and a strength that not many people have. I'm a little more towards the J flow end of like, I love being around people, but then I got to have my time to decompress. You were great. You came into that conference. You were walking around talking. I thought you were going to be one of the speakers and you were working some other place. <laughs> yeah. And so I was like, this guy is great. And so when you heard, told me about this podcast, I'm like, I know he's going to do a great podcast because this is your jam. And so you get to acknowledge that and recognize that and then just be like, okay, so if I, as much as you can, because we like to think we can plan our day out perfectly, but as much as you can, okay, I got this big thing I need to do that I, I need to get some energy for. So I'm going to do this right before that. Give me some momentum going into that, you know? So it's just about being self-aware and compartmentalizing our, our strengths and, uh, and uh, you know, making sure they're moving us down to the, to the end, end point. No. Yeah. No, that's, that's wow. Like I'm, I'm telling you, you my, my mind's. Strength. My mind is blown completely. And, and, and just so that the audience knows, um, we lost JFlow um, right there. I don't know where he went. I bet you his computer died um, and he didn't. Uh, th that's what I'm assuming. Um, but, uh, but yeah, um, usually JFlow does the ending for this whole thing. So, oh, okay, he's back. I was a little nervous there. Um, yeah. But, uh, and, and, and just so, so you know, JFlow, we, we, we kept it going. Hey, uh, keep it rocking, but, man. Internet went out. Sorry about that. Internet. Guys. <laughs> well, uh, but no, yeah. And, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, man, like I, this, like there's so many questions, so many things I want to keep asking you and we're already hitting our, we're already almost like we've, we've hitting our, our time almost here. And so, uh, and so man, we, we, we got to try to get you back on some other time or try to get you, you okay. know, uh, um, just to talk about other things. And, uh, I'm, I'm telling you, like, I'm, I, I'm so excited. Like I got, I got all these notes. Like I'm ready to, I'm you ready go to get to going. You're going to go, you're going to get off J-Flow. J-Flow is going, I can't talk to anybody for like two hours. I just did this podcast. You got to leave me alone. Dwayne. Yeah. I, I need to, I need to refresh, reconnect and, and just, you know, I got to go I close my eyes for like five minutes and uh, no, but you know, one of the things that, that, uh, nope. and I don't know, I don't, I, I missed a good portion of the conversation right now for the people that are, that are watching are listening to the podcast, uh, my internet went out. So I'm sorry about that, guys. But I did want to ask one thing uh, before we let you go. And, and you had mentioned about uh, like your the nighttime routine or like, you know, how do you wind down or, or that kind of thing? 
Uh, and, and just, is there anything that maybe you do kind of intentionally to set up the next day? Or is, is that part of what you do kind of in that, that, uh, that winding down phase? Uh, any practical applications that we can learn? Yeah, I just think that it just needs to be intentional. It doesn't need to be okay. big. It doesn't need to be long. It doesn't need to be fancy. It just needs to be an intentional winding down and whatever that looks like for you. So I know I need to have a little bit of compression time between when I end the workday and when I go home. So it doesn't need to be, it could be five, 10 minutes, but okay. I need to have that so that I don't bring in, I don't walk into my home in CEO mode where I'm like, everything's going nuts. And, and I'm very much like in that mode, I get to just allow myself that. So the thing I say with beginnings and with the endings of the day, it doesn't need to be big. It doesn't need to be fancy. It just needs to be intentional. And however you can say, like mine sometimes is just going, boop, I close my computer screen. There it is. It's staying here. Now I go into dad mode and husband mode and I'm, I'm going to town. So I would say that. And I think, guys, kind of like my, my final word for this would be like if you, if you focus on the 1% at a time, like JFlow, you're there for 10 years. If you add what is 365 times 10, 3,650 or something like that. That's mm -hmm. the percentage of improvement you can create in the space you find yourself mm -hmm. in. Same thing for you, Dwayne. And when we look at it like that, dang, that's what we want. Yeah. That's what we're after. And in the midst of all that, as we're noticing things coming up in us throughout our day, frustration, guilt, anger, joy, all the things, I'm just constantly saying, okay, Lord, I'm inviting you into this place in my heart. Mm -hmm. What's your invitation? What's the story you're wanting to tell through my life today? In the big things and the small things, I'm available, I'm willing, and I'm constantly doing that little check-in. And it doesn't need to be a big thing. It'll be a, it could be when I'm in the elevator going down. Like there's just a constant conversation. So the 1% and the constant check-ins with the Lord of sincere Am I, am I on the right track here? Or what do you have to say about this and that in that conversation, you're going to, you're going to win. And you can even make a whole life change in the next year. If you approach it with those, just those two things, I think. Wow. That's, that's really powerful. Now, one thing I, I, I love to kind of hear from people, um, is any books that you recommend, uh, any maybe podcasts, anything that you've really learned from? Uh, I know you had mentioned the, a couple of books uh, already, but anything that you would say, hey, guys, you've definitely got to check this out. This is something you need to read. Maybe even uh, one of your own books, something where you maybe dive into some of the stuff you've talked about deeper or, or something that you've written uh, that, that could really be a, a blessing to, to, to some of the, the guys that are listening. Um, you know, what, do you, what would you recommend? Yeah. So I would say like one, one book, and you've heard me talk about it too, is I, I really like this guy, Bothered by God, John Eldridge. It's an awesome book. <clears throat> Talks about the phases of masculine, of the masculine journey. And he breaks it down into phases. And he, it's a great way to understand like, what am I maybe missing? What didn't I get as a boy or as a teenager or as, as a, as a young adult? And we can go back in there and invite the Lord back in those to father us in those ways. So I'd be like my one book recommendation right now. Okay. Father guy, bod, father guy, bod, fathered by God by John Eldridge. And that other one, that other one that you said that the four executions or what four was disciplines that? of execution. I don't remember the authors, but the four disciplines of execution. And so it's a good okay. book, but I mean, you can, and here's, here's what I really like to do too, guys. I like to go on YouTube and find some like five minute summaries of them and you can okay. pretty much get it. Cause if you think about it with 1% in mind, I just need to get one idea and apply it today. Then I just need mm -hmm. one more and apply it today. I approach books that way too. Just one thing, apply it. I don't need, even need to read the whole thing. 
That's why I kept coming back to this. And right now I'm back here. I'm in another chapter of this, and I bet I'm going to simmer in here for a good month or so. I don't know. I'm just going to pay attention to that. But I don't need to read the whole thing, comprehend it, understand it. I need to grab one thing that's relevant to my day today that will get me 1% down the road. Wow. Then it learns so good. Right? And then you're just executing. Yeah. Because you're yeah. going to learn the most as you apply it. That's where you're going to actually learn. Yeah. And, and sometimes so we, read a whole, we read a whole book and then it's just a bunch of information and we never actually apply it, never do anything. And it just seems like that's a waste of time, right? It's like I just spent you know, a week trying to digest this whole book and then really if I haven't put anything into, into application, you know, it's, it's almost a, way, a waste of a week if, you know, in, in a sense and until we start to actually apply. So I like yeah, that. Yeah, totally. Really good. Now, well – like, like, yeah, like I said, I, we, we definitely want to try to get you back on again, man. You like, yeah. you're, you have blown my mind. <laughs> I'm like, this is amazing. This is so good. And, well, you did and, a great job at keep, keeping the conversation going. I really like what you guys are up to with this thing. And I think you're talking about things. I think this is a good conversation for dudes to be into and listening into, even if it's mm-hmm. that part of their 1% habit. So that would yeah. be, you know, I would say subscribe to this thing, listen to the backlogs of episodes when you're in the shower, when you're driving, consume it, and then just stay engaged with you guys because you're doing a good work. Oh, thank well, you, thank you, man. Appreciate How can people connect with you? What are you, know, you got social media handles that the people can kind of follow you, get plugged in, anything that you'd like to, to plug with that? Yeah, I think if, if people just want to go to our website, it's it's thronepg.com. So throne okay. like Jesus sits on a throne and then PG, P is in publishing, G is in group.com. They can find us there and we're kind of all, we're we're on social media a little bit, not a lot. Uh but you know, they can connect. There's a lot of connection points out there. We've got a lot of content floating around on the internet and um if they go to our website, they can get on the email list. I pump out interviews I do like every single week. So uh, but okay. I'm, I'm always available for dudes to connect. If, if something's really striking you in this and you're, you're wanting some advice, you're wanting to listen, somebody to listen to you, think through some things. You can just, you can find me in a lot of different ways online. Google my name awesome. and, and we'll, Jeremy Brown's a really unique name. So <laughs> not many people have it. So oh, I have like too funny. 10, 10 to 15,000 of us. Yeah, I was. I think I had Googled your name when Dwayne had first told me about it, and I was like, I don't think this is the guy. I was like looking through a couple, and then just send me like directly to his website. So <laughs> that's good. Um, yeah, Dwayne hey, was like, "Hey, we're going to be doing prison ministry. Like, he's actually in prison. This is going to be a prison." <laughs> <ministry>. <laughs> that's too good. Oh my goodness. Uh, well, Jeremy, man, thanks so, so much for being with us. Uh, again, like Dwayne was saying, man, we are definitely going to have to have you on. We didn't even touch about mentoring and that kind of stuff. So that'll be a whole nother conversation because I think we can really uh, get into to, to a lot of stuff in that, man. But um, I love sure. what you what you gave us, some very practical things. That's what we're about here. Um, we do a thing at the very end of the podcast called the DMI Challenge, the Don't Mention It Challenge, and uh, something that we're going to work on throughout the week. And so what I want to just challenge our, our viewers to do is is to find out what that one percent is going to be uh so this next week knock out those top three man and 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 really look at what are the one percent of improvement um 
And, and, you know, I, I'm excited to start doing that and, and, you know, even getting off of, off of this, this call and uh, looking at my, my to-do list for the day and, and saying, all right, what's my 1% going to be today? Uh, and, and how is that going to improve my productivity over the long haul? So um, excited about that again, Jeremy, thank you so much. Dwayne, thank you, man, for bringing Jeremy. Cause uh, if it, it, it wouldn't have happened if, if Dwayne hadn't run into you. So Dwayne is I the man. Did- I do these small things every once in a while that, that uh, <laughs> they that add up the to world. big. Yeah, that change the world. There we <laughs> go. Great, it was one percent. You guys are a great team. <laughs> Thanks, man. We appreciate. Oh, thank it. you. Thank you. So, uh, well, again, um, guys, do not forget to mention this podcast to all of your friends, your family, your sisters, uncles, aunts, cousins, sisters, boyfriend. It's baby daddy, all right? Let him know because he needs to watch this, okay? Uh, let them know. Let all of your friends, your family know about the Don't Mention It podcast. We're out here. We want to help you become better leaders. Uh, Dwayne, what do we need to remember? And remember who you are. Remember that um, that you need to go rate our podcast. Go through there. You know, you can do it on a- Apple Podcasts. Any actually podcast that, that that has it out there, you guys can rate us and uh, and just and just remember to share, 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 share. Yep. Alrighty, guys. Uh, y'all take care. Peace out. All right. Thank you. Peace out.